Well, we're going back to Joseph in our study today. Last week, if you were with us, we learned that Joseph came from a dysfunctional family. That's the words we use today. His brother's hatred today go from emotion to taking action. We're going to see Joseph going from favored son to forgotten slave. His brothers hated him and they wanted to kill him. But they ended up selling him into slavery. Today we're going to look at Joseph in the pit. Going to start reading in Genesis chapter 37. Going to start in verse 17 down through verse 36. And the man said, They departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near, near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, the, the dreamer's coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood. But cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted up their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let not our hand be upon him, for he's our brother and our flesh, and his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes. And he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and where shall I go? Shall... They took the Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goat, dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, We found this. Do you not know if, if this is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his waist and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. But he refused to go down to the grave to my son. I refused to be comforted. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him to Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Let's pray. Today, Father, we bow in your presence and thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Father, for the teachings of Scripture that happened in history, but it also makes application for us today. And I pray that as you, we learn the story of Joseph, you would speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, the story begins with Jacob sending Joseph to find his brothers. Now, his brothers were shepherds, and they went to pasture their flocks, and they were feeding their flocks in in an area called Shechem, and Joseph was... Um, went to find out what was going on. His dad didn't trust his brothers and maybe they delayed from coming back. And uh, Joseph, just go and find out what's going on with your brothers. I got some questions about this, this action. Why did the brothers pasture their flocks so far away? Because Shechem was 50 miles away. So that's quite a ways to go, like three days walk with sheep. And I think that they didn't want anybody from the family spying on them. Uh, they, they probably were up to no good. They were doing something wrong. This is, well, hey, let's go back to Shechem. Let's get away from, in case someone tells dad what's going on. So let's travel far away. And also, this was a dangerous place. So it comes to the second question. Why do they travel to this dangerous place? area. Now, Jacob's family, the boys, had a bad reputation among the citizens of Shechem because what happened is someone of Shechem saw their sister and he raped their sister. And so these brothers thought of a way of getting revenge. And he had said, hey, if you're going to marry our, our sister, you've got to become one of us. So they had him circumcised, and while they were laid up, all of the brothers killed them all. Listen to what Genesis 34, 27 to 30 says. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain, plundered the city because their sister had been defiled, and they took their sheep, their oxen, and their donkeys, what was in the city and what was in the field, and their wealth and all their little ones and their wives. They took captive, and they plundered even all that was in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You've troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And Since I'm few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me, and I shall be destroyed in my household and I. So I don't know why the brothers went back to this area that they're, perhaps they think that they're going to make some more money, or maybe they stashed some of the loot back there and uh, they're going back to retrieve it. I don't know. There was something nefarious going on with these brothers going that far to Shechem. Another question is, Why did Jacob, the dad, send Joseph to look for the brothers? Now, he knew that there was bad blood between the brothers and Joseph. And he knew that they didn't like his dreams. And so I have no idea why Jacob would do this. Except the fact that God had to get Joseph to Egypt somehow. And this is a way of getting sold into slavery. You know, behind the scenes, we see the hand of God, even though that uh, Jacob had, was clueless, God worked through that. He had, God ordained that Joseph would go to Egypt, and this was the way he accomplished it. Uh, Joseph really didn't know what was going on. As a matter of fact, when he first went to look for his brothers, he got lost, and someone had to tell where they were. So God was in the behind the scenes orchestrating this whole thing. So we see Joseph going to look for his brothers, and now we see the conspiracy to kill Joseph. Look at verse 18 to 20. 
Now, when they saw him afar off, finally he found them. They saw Joseph coming. Even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. I can just imagine the brothers looking up off in the distance over the hill, and they see this guy standing, and they recognized Joseph while he was a long way. And you know how they recognized him, don't you? He had on his coat of many colors. He had that coat on which designated him as the one that was going to receive the firstborn, designated him as the one that father always loved the most, and he was wearing that coat, and he was coming to them, and finally they had a blowout. They, they had hated him so much, they, had, they developed a plan to finally get rid of this young man. So they had this conspiracy. Now, they, they weren't in Shechem anymore. They had moved 13 miles to the north to Dothan. And finally, he, they see Joseph coming. And they mock him and say, here comes the dreamer. And what goes in the mind, folks, remember this, what you think about, what you fantasize about, what you plan, a lot of times come, comes out in action. So that's why the Bible warns us about, think of those things that are pure, lovely, and good report, and things that are uplifting. And so don't allow the mind to work into the actions. These boys hated their brothers so much that they finally developed this plot to kill him. Now, this was their original plan. We're going to kill him. We're going to throw him in a pit. And nobody will ever, ever find him down in this pit. And they plotted also to kill the Shechemites. But now they're plotting to kill their own brother. And this is because they hated him because of his dreams. They hated him because he felt that he was better than him. Father liked him better than anything. So what happens... When they finally cast him into this pit, it's because Reuben had some intervention involved. Reuben being the oldest brother, being feeling like he's responsible. How many of you are the oldest sibling of a family? My wife and I are both older siblings, and sometimes you feel responsible for your little brothers and your little sisters, and you feel a little bit more. Now, that might not be true of you. You were just as as evil as the rest of them, and you didn't care about them. But sometimes it's a feeling of responsibility. Dad's going to chew me out if something happens to my little brother. So Reuben took upon himself, and he says, boys, 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 let's not kill him. Let's just put him in this pit and just leave him. Just leave him behind. Well, they thought that was a good idea. We'll just, we don't want to, you know, uh, uh, have our, his blood on our hands. So we'll just put him in this pit. You know what Reuben was planning to do? He was planning to come back because Reuben had to go somewhere. He was planning to come back later after the brothers had left and got, and then he was going to pull Joseph out of the pit and sneak him back to dad. Just somehow get him away from this plot to kill him. Well, Reuben is gone. So when Reuben is gone, they strip him of his garment. The brothers stripped the lad of his tunic. They threw him into this dry cistern and left him there to die. They stripped him of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. With cruel pleasure, they bullied Joseph and ripped from him the sign of his father's favor, that coat of many colors. What a beautiful picture of Christ. 
We picture the scene and think of how Jesus was stripped of everything before he was crucified. Jesus went up on a cross and Joseph went down in the pit. But each was stripped, declared cursed, and put him into a place that could seemingly never rescue again. But of course we know the Lord Jesus Christ came off of that, was buried, but he rose again. You know, this is what they do to this, this young man, younger than the rest of them. They throw them in the pit and Joseph begins calling after them. Hey guys, I'm down here. Just in case you don't know, I know a, a joke is a joke and it's time. It's time to go home. It's time to, to get the sheep back into the, to the fold. And they, you know what they do? They have a picnic. While Joseph is crying out, pleading for mercy, asking them to save him, to get him out of this pit, the guys are saying, hey, well, you got some, uh, you got some dried fish here? Do you got any cheese with that? Hey, give me a loaf of that bread. They're sitting around having a picnic while Joseph is pleading for help. Get me out of this pit. The callousness of this. Now, this is the kind of pit that you couldn't get out of by yourself. It was way deep. These were used to house prisoners occasionally. And according to Jeremiah, you would almost, you would have to have somebody rescue you, get a rope. And, but it's, it's difficult to understand how his brothers could hate him so much and callously listen to his pleas for help and just callously ignore that, ignore that. You know, later on in chapter 42, they remember this day. They remember this day in Genesis 42 when they are facing Joseph in Egypt and they said, you have stolen, you're going to steal our grain, your spies. And they go through all that interrogation. And it says in the scripture, we're truly guilty concerning our brother. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he had pleaded with us and would not hear when Joseph was cast into the pit, he pitied, he pled with his brothers and they ignored his cries as they ate their meal. I don't know how far the voice of Joseph pleading with them, they were maybe 25, 25 yards or so. But 22 years later, that voice came back to them and they were convicted when they heard the voice of their brother. They callously ignored his suffering. People do that today. People are calloused about the suffering of others. I heard a story one time in, in Albany, New York, where a mentally deranged lad of 19 years old crawled onto the 12th story hotel ledge and threatened for two hours to jump. Whenever that happens, there's a crowd gathering, and there's a crowd gathering below the hotel, and people were shouting, Jump! 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 They were encouraging, egging him on. A, teen, a teenager called out, oh, come on, you're chicken. Another shouted, what's the matter with you? Are, are you scared? The crowd set up a chant, jump, jump, jump. And then a 10-year-old girl crawled up on a, a, a small base of a monument and mocked the young man by threatening to jump too. And a young woman said, I wish he'd do it and get it over with. If he doesn't hurry up, we're going to miss our bus. And the man said, five bucks says he don't jump. Another man remarked, if he jumps on this side, we're not going to be able to see it. I, I hope he jumps here on the other side. Finally, the young 
Man's seven-year-old nephew persuaded him to come down, and he was taken to a medical center, and the crowd went home with nothing to show for the evening but its own inhumanity. Later, the young man's family sent him to get some uh, mental health treatment. Well, these boys, these brothers, are listening to the cries of their brother, and they ignore him. As they finish their lunch, something happens. There was a caravan coming along that trade route there. And the caravan is going to Egypt to trade some of the goods. The Midianite traders are, are, traders are going to, to that. And they would not only sometimes deal in, in uh, f- foodstuffs from the land, they would deal in human trafficking, slavery. And so the Midianite traders approach, and they're called Ishmaelites, and they're also called Midianites. Well, these are people, just two different names for the same group of people. So the men seize these Midianite merchants uh, coming towards them. And Judah, remember Judah is the one who is uh, the progenitor of the line of Christ, supposedly. Uh, He comes up with an idea. Let's just not leave him here to die. Let's make some money out of this deal. Let's sell our little brother to these Midianite traders. Have you ever thought about selling your siblings to someone? I know some of you uh, thought about giving them away and maybe uh, leaving them at a rest stop or something like that. But they, they engage in this. I, they get him out of the pit and here he is. They probably have him tied up now. And it says, uh, we found this slave. No, brother, Judah, Reuben, Simeon, please don't sell me. And they ended up selling their brother for 20 pieces of silver. It's amazing. So what they do is, as Joseph is going, I can imagine him crying out to, guys, don't do this. Don't do this. But they're so calloused. The hatred had settled into their soul that it blinded them. Oh, let me just warn you folks. Don't allow hatred, bitterness to seep into your soul. It'll mess up your life. That's why the Bible so many times challenges God's people to forgive to forgive those that you don't like. Forgive them. Let them go. But as they watch him go out of sight, they said, well, we have this coat. And we we got to tell dad something. So let's kill this goat. So they kill a goat and they take the blood from that goat and spread it all over that pretty coat of many colors. And then what they're going to do is they're going to take this back to dad's Hey, Dad, we found this. <laughs> how, many, how many of you kids have ever told your parents, Mom, I found this, when they actually stole it or something like that? We found this. We found this coat. Do, do you recognize it, uh, Dad? Well, that's Joseph's coat. That's his coat of many colors. There's blood all over it. An animal, a wild beast must have devoured him. And then, of course, Jacob has this emotional meltdown. He doesn't eat. He's so broken. He's so devastated that he believes that his son has died and some animal had devoured him. You know, Jacob would have no problem identifying that special robe. But, you know, it kind of comes back to haunt him because years before... 
he, Jacob himself killed a goat, a young goat, and slaughtered the goat and used the skins to put on his arms. Remember that? To pretend he was his brother Esau. So a lot of times our sins and our failures come back to haunt us. And they shared in that suffering. Well, Joseph finally arrives in Egypt in verse 36. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. So I can imagine Joseph not understanding any of this. He's crying out to his brothers. He's asking them, brothers, why have you done this to me? And he didn't understand all that was going on. But God has a way of working things out for his glory. But God providentially brought Joseph safely to Egypt. And saw to it that he was sold to, not anybody, to Potiphar, the chief officer of the captain of the guard, Pharaoh. So Joseph finally gets to Egypt. What a sad story. But I'd like to make uh, some applications of this message. And the first application is, Joseph was sent by his father, and he sought for his brothers. Exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was sent by the father. In the sovereignty of God, in the Trinity, God decided to send his own son down to this earth and Christ willingly went and he became a baby. And you know what he came to do? To seek and to save that which was lost. And also in Matthew chapter 15, he says, I am come to seek the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know what Jesus was doing? He came to look for his brothers and bring them all back to the father's house. But you know what happened to him? <laughs> his brothers rejected him. The, the nation, the Hebrew nation on a whole rejected. Some believed, but mostly his brothers turned him down. What a beautiful picture as Joseph is looking for his brothers of Jesus looking for his lost brothers. Second application. Joseph was thrown into a pit. And that was an unpleasant experience. He was down in that pit, no way to get out, crying out, please help me, brothers. Get me out of here. I'll forgive you. I won't tell dad this time. <laughs> Just get me out of here. And they ignored his pleas. You know, some of you this morning might be in a pit. You might be in a pit of depression, discouragement, hopelessness. But I want to tell you, there's a way out. The Bible says in Psalm 40, David says this, you, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. My friend, if you are in a pit, it might be of discouragement. It might be a pit of your own making. 
You might have dug that pit by your own sins and your own addictions or your own behavior and you're there. But I want to tell you there's a way out. God will hear your cries and he'll bring you out of that pit. Maybe it's a pit of pain. Maybe it's a pit of confusion. But the Lord will bring you out just as he brought Joseph out. Of course, Joseph wasn't free. God had a bigger plan for him, but he brought him out of that pit. And there's a third application that I'd like to make this morning. God is in control of even our worst situations. Think of Joseph and think of God's great plan. Now, Joseph didn't have any idea what God was up to. If Joseph's family wasn't messed up and weird, his brothers would have never sold him as a slave. If Joseph's brothers never sold him as a slave, then Joseph would have never gone to Egypt. And if Joseph would have never gone to Egypt, he would have never been sold to Potiphar. And if he had never been sold to Potiphar, Potiphar's wife would have never falsely accused him of rape. If Potiphar's wife never falsely accused him of Joseph of rape, then Joseph would have never been put in prison. And if Joseph was never put in prison, he would have never met the baker and the butler of Pharaoh. And if Joseph never met the, the butler and the baker, he would have never interpreted their dreams. And if Joseph never interpreted their dreams, he would have never interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. And if Joseph never interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, he, he would never have become prime minister second in Egypt only to Pharaoh. And if Joseph never became prime minister, he never would have wisely prepared for the terrible famine to come. And if Joseph never wisely prepared for the terrible famine, then his family back in Canaan would have died in the famine. If Joseph's family back in Canaan died in the famine, then the Messiah could not have come from a dead family. If the Messiah did not come forth, then Jesus never came. If Jesus never came, we're all dead in our sins and without hope in this world. God has a wise plan for all of his children. It may be years before we find out why God allowed us to be in this situation. We may never figure it out. God is multiple steps ahead in his sovereign plan. He knows what he's doing. We simply need to believe Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for God and for our good according to his plans. We know that all things work for our good. Those who love him and trust him. But the thing is, Joseph... Joseph, even though he didn't know what was going on, several times in the life of Joseph, we know that he simply trusted God. God was with him. And you, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, when you don't know why you're in a certain situation, I want you to know God does. He sees you and he will rescue you, but you just have to trust him like Joseph did. Let's pray. Father in heaven. Lord, I don't know what someone is going through this morning, but I know that there's people here that are in a pit. They don't know what's going on. They don't know how to get out. But I hope that they will lift up their eyes to you. You are the wonderful God of grace. And if they're your children, you'll bring them up out of that pit. 
If they don't know you, God, I pray you would use the circumstances to cause them to cry out in faith to you, the one that can rescue us, oh God. Help us simply to trust your plan. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together as we sing.